Welcome to my Soul Life podcast and our Soul Life conversations. I'm your host, Susan Scollin, and in these episodes, I'll be here supporting and guiding you as we open up and explore who we truly are to live our soul life now. See you inside. A quick reminder for you that all the information shared in this podcast is my experience and the experience of my guest. It's not medical or mental health advice, diagnosis or treatment, and I'd encourage you to seek professional advice where needed. Hello and welcome back to another Soul Life Conversation. This episode is for my beautiful client, Charlene, and it's all about how to speak to your partner. So in a coaching session we were having recently, she expressed that she was having some challenges in how she was approaching her partner and having conversations with her partner. So she asked me to do an episode on the podcast about this. She said, you need to tell me how to do it. Um, and as I've said on Instagram, I think through a post there, you know, I don't know how to speak to her partner and I can only coach the person that's in the room. But coming back to the podcast, I can share some of the things that have worked for me and some of the things that, you know, we can all do better. And, and I'm in this bucket too. Like nothing's perfect. Um, I was reflecting on my relationship last night and how I'm, pa- I'm not there enough for Chris um, and I, it's funny because I just released an episode um, recently around my marriage evolution through Christine um, Bon Giovanni's podcast and how amazing our relationship is now. But then I went, but we can be even better. And that all comes back to me. That comes back to me slowing down and being present with Chris, listening to his stories because some of the things that he's sharing with me recently um, – some of the stuff that's going on in the news, um, particularly around netball at the moment here in Australia, it's interesting. But the thing that I know to be true, and this comes off the back of last week's episode, right, is that I can't change and I can't shift any of that. And I, I can have an opinion about it, but I really can't I, I can't influence it. I'm not interested in influencing it either. That being said, I'm not going to go and be part of the board of, you know, uh, Nepal Australia or any of that sort of stuff. So it's about letting them go on their journey and I get to watch how that journey evolves and why it does. Where Chris kind of gets a little bit passionate about things on the, these spectrums. So um, I can sometimes, I can be dismissive of it. So I've got to learn how to or learn what I meant to learn through this um, but also allowing him to feel seen heard and valued as well and that just that he has an opinion and it's okay for him to have an opinion and I completely agree um, not agree with his opinion but I agree that he can have the any opinion that he wants whereas I tend to sit on the fence a little bit I'm probably um, it's going to be controversial to say I don't do controversial on this podcast, do I? I'm, uh, I am currently sitting with the players, although I acknowledge that I do not have the full information and that's the thing that frustrates me, I guess, or that I acknowledge that through the media we do not have the full conversations that have happened. We do not have the full view. We just have what people are wanting us to see and I think there's still some more information to come out in that space. Um and I'd, I'd love to hear it. I'd be open to hearing it totally. Um, and I'd be open to changing my view. Um, and I'm, I'm fully in support of what the players are working towards achieving. I think it's just phenomenal that they're actually doing this. 
Um, I, it's really great. I, it just lights me up that they're they're putting this stand on um, where where their funding comes from, basically, and saying that we won't be aligned to certain certain different types of funding um, places that you know that money could come from, um, and so it's not aligned with their values um, as it currently speaks. But again, I want to preface this with I do not have the full information, so I think. They're really leading the way in this space and I'm really proud of them. So I've got a big smile on my face for that because I think there's a lot of people out there that are aligned to things because they're earning money off it. It's just got a dollar value to it. And there was a big thing, I think it was with... I think it was with the soccer, uh, the football, so soccer, we call it soccer here in Australia, but football in Europe um, and where there was some marketing put on a table of a drink and the player actually moved that away so it wouldn't be seen on the screen um, from the televisions that were, um, you know, that were filming them. And through them moving that drink away and seeing that drink be moved away because it was on screen at some point, that showed, one, their alignment, um, that player's alignment around what was true for them. So it may not have been true for the sponsorship, for the uh, football, for example, but market sh- that that product lost market share um, and lost some value on the stock market, as I believe, based on my information. And again, I don't tend to watch a lot of media, but I was really like going, "That's that's alignment." When I see that there's a lot of people out there that are doing things that are perhaps out of alignment, and what has any of this got to do with coming back to <laughs> speaking how we speak to our partner? But I think it's it's more about appreciating that everybody has a unique view and a unique position. So how do we speak to our partners when they're bringing things to us that perhaps we're not interested? Well, they're not bringing anything at all to us and we feel like we have to go to them all the time. There's not this collaboration. So how do we speak to our partners? Well, let's come back a little bit and let's have a look at why we got into the relationship that we did in the first place. What was bringing us into the relationship? What was what would we see? What do what were some of the stories that we were telling ourselves in that in those early days? And are those stories still there? I think that's really important to unpack. And particularly when I was going through my postnatal depression journey, one of the challenges that I faced was around my relationship. And I I was doing a lot of projecting onto Chris. So I take full responsibility for that and I I apologise to him profusely for all of that sort of stuff. Um, But coming back, what what I was doing also was kind of looking at our relationship and saying, is the man that I knew when we first started dating still there? Is that fun-loving, kind, um, still passionate guy back then? Was he still there? And he was still there. And so that was really important for me to bring through into the relationship and just anchor into that and go, okay, that guy is still there. What are some of the, what's some of the shitty thinking basically that I've got wrapped around this that I can start to pull off because it's just shitty thinking. So taking that off. One of the other things that I do a lot, and I do this a a lot more now, um, probably because of my own awareness in this space for myself is I like to see their inner child. So looking at Chris, I like to see that seven-year-old scared, lonely child who 
I like to look at his lifestyle back then um, and look at the stories that he was perhaps telling himself because just like me, I know my stories come through from my childhood. And so it was funny, we were having a conversation on the weekend and I said something and then Chris sort of caught me and looked at me like, you can't say that or it's not my problem that you're saying that. And I was like, no, no, no it's not, that's my story. Okay, how can I reframe this? And so it was really good to be able to have that interaction with him. And I was able to catch myself in saying what I was saying to find a way that I could say it in a way that resonated more with him rather than perhaps pointing the finger at him, which was, I was trying to do it from a place of love, I tell you, but (laughs) he was, he would have taken it from a different perspective. Um, And then being able to reframe that. So just noticing, using like him as a, like a tool to notice, like read off him and be aware of what he's challenged by and then go, okay, how could I do that differently? What was I trying to achieve through that? And interestingly, yes, there was a conversation that I need, I still need to have from yesterday um, where Teddy, what happens is I end up being the middleman. Um, Chris has made a decision. Teddy doesn't like the decision. Teddy comes to me, gives me half the story and then I have I want to go to Chris and get the rest of the story. But it's not about getting the story and piecing it together and making sure everybody's doing the right thing because, as I said to Chris, because he said, I'm not doing anything wrong. And I said, no, you haven't done anything wrong. It's not about that. It's actually what I want to do is educate Teddy in that space um, around how we can do things differently and seeing things differently so that he, when he's that 20, 30, 40-year-old, he's still not stuck in this, oh, dad was mean to me sort of phase because he didn't give me Robux or whatever Teddy was wanting at that time. And what had happened was Chris had told him he couldn't have the iPad because of how Teddy had spoken to Chris And Chris had asked him three times to do something and then got this reaction. So there was a flow-on effect, but, of course, I didn't get that whole story. So teaching Teddy that, you know, do it the first time, buddy, or have a conversation with Dad. Talk to him about what you need. Dad, I just need 30 seconds. Is that okay? It's just about to finish up and then I'll go and do my thing. Like you have that conversation. It's so transformative. And we can do that in our relationships as well. Because in our head, we just expect them to get us. (laughs) We expect them to know who we are. But the reality is that we're growing and so are they. They're growing. So perhaps if we can have a look at what's happening for them, be really mindful of what's happening for them and ask them questions. Don't go into the space where we're assuming that they don't have time or we're assuming that they're busy or we're assuming that they just want to relax have a conversation with them. How are you feeling today? What's been going on? Oh, I see that you've had a lot going on. How has that been for you? Just asking those sorts of questions can be really informative. And this is then reflecting back to us, right? So how we speak to ourselves is often how we speak to others, particularly our loved ones, (laughs) not our friends. We're really good in sort of, you know, people pleasing in that space or turning up as the best version of ourselves in that space. We don't generally turn up as our authentic self in that space. And I'm not saying that you don't. I'm just saying that we're perhaps a little bit more polished or we can be raw, but we don't bring in all the the rawness that we throw at our partners. Um, So asking, like looking at how we speak to ourselves and if we can tidy up that language of how we speak to ourselves and how Um, loving we can be towards ourselves because we can certainly be the other way and we can be harsh on ourselves. So if we can tidy up that language on ourselves, then we get to tidy up that language that we speak to with our partners. 
and always knowing that your partner is a reflection of you and they perhaps fill holes that you don't want to look at within yourselves. So if they're triggering you in some way, what is that trigger about? What is that story about? Where are you not standing up in your life? Where are you not leading? Where are you not being, you know, the person that you really authentically can be? And one of the holes that Chris felt was filled for me was he's like the life of the party. You know, that work to me is exhausting. <laughs> and it was fine. It was kind of like he would come in, everybody loved him and they do still love him and it's amazing and he can just captivate an audience with his stories. But for me, that was exhausting, right? But what I have realised just in the last, you know, couple of weeks is that's not where I'm meant to be. I'm not meant to be that person. He can be that person and I can celebrate him and it's not a hole within me that I need to fix. This is what Chris brings into my life is expansion. He always, he's an expander for me. And so allowing him to be him, not that he's not going to be him, but in my own mind, allowing him, just saying, I want you to be you. I want you to be fully you. I want you to be the most amazing you that you can be. Go out and be that person in the world. Um, Be that person in my world. And I will love you and honor you. And I get to be with you. Like that's one of the biggest gifts that I get to have. So allowing that and then finding my space, because what I would do in the past is I would just let him have the stage. I didn't need to be there. Um, I could be the quiet one pottering around. But what I've said, as I said before, what I've learned in the last few weeks is when I come back into my authentic truth, when I'm talking from the things that really resonate with me um, and when I'm putting them out into the space where this is what I'm learning, then I give the other people the opportunity to learn. Or it's not just about learning, but like recently someone was sharing about a new eating protocol they were on and they were just struggling a little bit to explain it Um well, they didn't know the author of the book, so to speak. And so I knew the author. So I just said, oh, it's this author. And they went, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I haven't read the full book. I started listening to it on an audio, um, as an audio book, but I realized that I kind of need the hard copy book to underline. So it's so amazing, but so many things in there, but at its core, it was a ketogenic diet. So I was able to just listen to her to say, and it's been a couple of years since I listened to the audio. So I was listening to her and then I was able to piggyback off what she was saying and saying, oh, it's a, it's a ketogenic diet. It's a low carb diet, basically. And she was like, yeah. And what I like about it is this. And then we were able to explore or expand on why that works. And I was able to add value into that space. Um, rather than telling her what it was about. She was telling the story and then I was adding value. I was expanding on it for her. So that was really good to see where the value is that I add into conversations rather than thinking that I have to be the loudest person in the room, which is completely exhausting, or I have to initiate when I don't. I can actually just listen to what's going on and then I can add value and I can can expand that conversation in a way that resonates with me. So my point of that was how we speak to ourselves, I think, um, is is really important and understanding that our partner is a reflection of us. So they're not they're filling those holes. So what are those holes that, that perhaps years ago when they first came in, that was okay, but now you're evolving and maybe you don't need them to fill those holes, but maybe you can celebrate them as the individuals they are and then come back and go, okay, who do I want to be in this space and how do I want to show up in the world? One of the things that we, again, don't do with our partners perhaps enough 
um, is be present with them. We tend to get on a device and we talk to the 50 million other people that are online, but we don't sit down and have a conversation with them. We don't get to know them and we don't tell them that they matter. Um, We really don't say, I love you enough. Chris and I say it every single day and we have said it every single day since we've been together. Um, It's not small words. It is meant for you and your partner. And it's not just about that you love them, that it's that next step of I am in love with you. And that is a big difference between loving someone and being in love with somebody and that person being your person. So have a look at those gaps and if there are gaps there, what are the ways that you can bridge that? What would that look like for you and for your partner? What does your partner need? And one of the things that I've talked about before, and I think I talked about it on Christine's podcast, was around 60 days. If you can give to your give what your partner needs for 60 days and you make that your project, and I don't mean sacrificing who you are to do that. What I'm saying is do the dishes for them if that's important to them. Make them a coffee if that's important to them. Make sure dinner's organised and the clothes washing's on the line, whatever it is for them. Make sure, like when Chris um, had some achievements at work, when he walked through that door, we had his Ugg boots at the door so he'd take off his shoes and put those on and we had a coffee ready for him and we were celebrating him as he walked through that door. And he never drank the coffee. The coffee was shit because apparently I'm, I'm not a good coffee maker. I need to learn how to use this new coffee machine. But it was the act, right? And it was the laughter that came after it and was how he felt through that appreciation. And when I did that exercise... I didn't do it for 60 days, like that felt like overwhelming, but I had an intention that I was going to give it a shot and we'll just see what happens. But within three days, Chris was um, reciprocating back to me, just little things like putting toothpaste on my toothbrush, um, making sure there was soap in the shower, things, you know, just little things that we really appreciate and they're they are really like the little things, but we can do them on the daily for our partners and we can really support them and we can see those little changes come in. Um, Chris was talking on the weekend and I just noticed his language had changed about something and I was like, oh, that's really exciting. <laughs> These are the things that I get excited about, um, how we can often project onto other people how we want things to be, you know, he's not doing this and he's not doing that. But when I change my language in certain spaces, he will change his language in certain spaces. And I will say this one has taken a number of years to get to, but that's okay. It's not like an overnighter. It doesn't need to be, but I held hope that it would come and it came. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. (laughs) So little things will happen. Um, And coming back to that, I love this person. I really want to be with this person. And I know that we can grow and evolve and change together. Um, And that is through me doing the work on myself and not expecting them to do the work. So letting go of that. The next thing I would recommend is being kind to them. I know this is like an oxymoron, (laughs) but it's something we don't do enough of. So be kind to them and get to know them every day because just like we're evolving, they're changing too, right? And so when we can come back and give that empathy and kindness and compassion, that gets mirrored back to us, like that gets um, reflected back to us. So how can you bring in more empathy and kindness and love and 
whatever the emotions are or feelings that you want to bring into your relationship, what are those? Give those to yourself first. And through doing that, you give that to your partner as well. And you do that through your language. And when we can soften our approach, rather than being really harsh and directive, when we can soften our approach using language like, I wonder, I think, this is what's happening. This is what I'm telling myself. Like Brene Brown says, the story that I'm telling myself is, and this is the flow and effect to that. So this is how it makes me feel effectively. When we can soften that sort of language um, and we can own it for ourselves, we can also detach. We also need to detach from what they're feeling. And that's not to say that we don't care about what they're feeling. We absolutely do. But we don't then pull it back into ourselves and say, oh, because I said this, they're now angry and it's my fault they're angry. It's the, what can I learn from this? Like bringing that approach into it and go, oh, I probably could have softened that. So how can I apologize now and say, hey, that's not what I meant. And, you know, thinking about that example of yesterday morning um, and how I approached that with Chris at the time, I know that I need to circle back to that. I know that I haven't fully evolved um, my thinking around what I was trying to achieve at the time and what Chris was thinking I was trying to do. Um, Potentially he was thinking that I was telling him that he was doing the wrong thing and he needed to parent Teddy differently, which he didn't need to do at all. Um, But I, that's perhaps his takeaway. And now I get to come back and go, Hey, this is what I was trying to achieve. I understand that you were perhaps thinking it was that way and that you were thinking that I wasn't supporting you. I was. What I'm trying to do is this over here. Um, and that's not a reflection of you. That's actually an opportunity for Teddy to grow. And I know that he's eight. And so that growth may not come. Um, and, it, and it doesn't come straight away, absolutely, but it can come over time. So being able to circle back to those conversations and go, hey, I stuffed up there, owning that in the situation, and I know that can be really hard, especially when we start doing this sort of work, um, because we have a story. And so have a look at what your story is in that space. And one of my stories, uh, and this is my belief, so let's put it that way, is that I was never apologised to as a child. So my parents could do, and I have an amazing upbringing, let's just put it that way, but I don't think I've ever heard my parents apologise um, or say, I'm sorry. Do you know what I mean? Because they're human too. They get things wrong. Um, and as I said, I had an amazing upbringing. It was not a problem, but I don't think I ever heard them apologise to me. Um, and therefore I never learned how to apologize. And so then learning how to apologize. And I think the first person that I did that with was probably my mum. Maybe I'd done it outside of that, but I remember significant, a significant moment. I don't remember the details of it, but I just said to her that I'm sorry. And it was just like, it felt foreign to both of us, I think. Um, and then just, yeah, just letting that moment be what it would be. But then knowing to myself, going, I'm going to learn how to do this and I'm going to learn to do it through saying I'm sorry and putting my hand up and going, this is what I got wrong. Um, but what I learned through that is when we do that, we can then go to the lesson. Okay, this is what I won't do next time. This is this is what I've learned through this. Okay, this is how it will play out next time. So there's all that growth that comes into that space as well. So initially I was thinking I just had to apologise and, you know, that was it. But as I've explained to Teddy on many a times, when we say sorry, it means we're not going to do it again or we don't intend to do it again. So what is the lesson that we can learn from this and how can we take this forward? 
So then thinking about it, you're in this relationship for a reason. You chose this relationship for a reason. Um, The relationship came into you. And so when you are in a relationship and you have a partner, be their safe space through, and it's through being your own safe space, but really be their safe space because you're their home. You're the place that they come to every single day. You're the person that they want to spend time with. So how could you be their safe space? What would that look like for you? It's not just about being your the security that you're always going to be there. That's not what I'm talking about. It's being that safe space to share what's going on for you, for them and being allowing them to be vulnerable, allow yourself to be vulnerable in that space. And know that you will be loved even if you do share stuff. Know that this is your forever or if you can come to that space that this is your forever and that you've chosen this and you've chosen this for a reason. So one, have a look at the lessons, but also create that safe space for them to be themselves so they can be authentically themselves in the way that resonates with them. And I mentioned this earlier, every human wants to be seen, heard and valued. So stop and watch them. Get curious about the things that light them up get to know them better, play with them, like play with play with curiosity around the things that they're doing. Have some fun in that space. Don't get all wetted up in your, you know, caught up in your head about how things should be and who this person should be. They've never been that person that's in your head. They've always been the person that they are. So see them for who they actually are and listen to them. Give them that space to be able to share what's true for them share what they what challenges that they're facing where they want to go what they want to do who they want to be just listen to them you don't have to have the answers and you don't have to fix them there's no need to fix them and express your gratitude towards them be grateful that they're there be grateful for the things that they do provide for you um, because there are a lot of things that they do for you that you don't even see <laughs> and I, I see that there's a lot of things that I do for Chris that he doesn't see and there's a lot of things that he does for me that I don't see and I was watching him mow the lawns yesterday we have half an acre so we have a lot of lawn here right and he was out mowing it and he's so proud of his lines on his lawn he loves it and he loves how it looks and how it feels and he gets so proud of it and I just said thank you thank you for mowing the lawn for us because that's one thing that I don't have to do and it's something that he actually loves so that's fantastic on the other hand we have a cleaner do you know what I mean and so that's one thing that neither of us have to worry about so if we weren't into lawns we could get someone to come in and mow our lawns Um, We're not particularly into cleaning too much. We do keep a tidy house, absolutely, and we do clean from time to time. But now we have somebody come in every week and she does the stuff so we don't have to worry about it and we can focus on all the other things that we've got going on. So say thank you to your partner. Say thank you to your partner when they pull the washing off the line, when they make dinner, when they clean down the bench, all these little things. And that doesn't mean you're going to be saying thank you every two minutes just the little things from time to time and just say, hey, I really appreciate you and I appreciate that you've done this for us. Or if they're always at the office, I know that you're creating something there that is amazing and I would love to hear about what you can share with me about the work that you do. I know I don't fully understand it and that's okay, but I think there's some things that we could talk about that would really create um, it's a more connection for us. So what would that look like for you? How could you have those conversations? And how could you say thank you to them for creating that stable environment that you live in? Um, and 
just love them where they're at. So have fun with this. I hope this has been helpful. I hope I've dropped a lot of different bombs in here that like spark your spark your thinking, spark you to think differently. How can you see value and hear yourself first so that you can see value and hear the person in front of you who wants to be in front of you, who is committed to being in front of you? Maybe you're raising kids together. Maybe you've been, you know, like in a <laughs> double income, no no kids, you know, dink couple for 10 years. Maybe um, you the kids have left home, do you know what I mean? And things are starting to change. Who are you becoming because of that change? And just have a look at who they're becoming as well because they're evolving. And as I've said before, I believe that men can go through postnatal depression as well. And I'm not saying that Chris was ever in that space, um, but I think that, just like when we become empty nesters or when we have hormonal changes as women, the, our partners are affected by those things as well. So let's love them right where they're at. Ask what's going on for them because it's not just about you. It's about them too. And it's about creating this abundant relationship that you've always wanted and you always knew was possible. All right. I think that's enough for now. <laughs> I hope this episode was helpful. If you took anything away from it, please head over to my.soul.life.podcast and share with me what you got out of it. And then, or you can head over to susanscollin.com forward slash podcast and you can find the show notes for this episode and you can leave a comment on my website too. That's always fun. And if this episode has resonated with you and you know somebody that would resonate with, please share it with them. And yeah, love to see you Um, come and have a conversation. Let's chat and let's see if we can grow our relationships even more abundantly. But always remember that that relationship with yourself is the most important one. And if you're having problems in your relationship or there are just some challenges going on, they're reflecting the challenges that you are having within yourself. So what are those lessons that we're learning along the way? All right. Thank you, everyone. Bye.